Living a life connected to Christ is critical. But thankfully, when we place our trust in Christ, he doesn't leave us alone to figure out how to live. He is with us. Well, welcome to Bible Studies for Life, the adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And if you're new to this podcast, we're glad you're here. Chris and I are joined each week by a guest. And what we do is we're going to discuss a session in the Bible Studies for Life curriculum. Now, we're not going to teach the lesson, but we do an overview. We're going to discuss some key points that just capture our attention. And we have learned that so many of you, whether you're a group leader, some of you are just group members, but have found this to be extremely beneficial as you do your own study. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Jesus's teaching that he gave us on that last night before his arrest and crucifixion. And he gave us a wealth of information to help us to live our lives connected to Christ. So Chris, good to be with you again. Thank you, Lynn. Good to, good to be with you. It is our practice uh, to have a conversation with the author of our uh, personal study guide content. And this week in our first session, we have Brandon Hill with us. Brandon, good to have you with us. So excited to, to talk to you guys again and uh, excited to talk about some of this uh, content from the study. So when Brandon uh, was, Brandon, when you were enlisted to write this, you were an employee at Lifeway. In fact, you were, you were my boss, you were, you were Lynn's boss. And uh, we, we offered you the opportunity to write. You took on this assignment, did a fabulous job. So we appreciate you doing that. But since you wrote this, you have loaded up the truck and moved the family <laughs> to Southern California. Tell us about that, man. Yeah. So, uh, I, that had a little something to do with me getting to write this, um, but thank you. But uh, yeah, uh, so listeners, I, I was an employee of Lifeway for nine, a little over nine years. And uh, basically, I came from full-time church ministry to Lifeway. And as a lot of Lifeway employees do, those that do leave is a pullback to the church. And uh, I basically every year I was there, it was, a, is this the year I'm going to go pastor full-time again? And then I, I finally, I finally uh, did that. And yeah, so I'm out here in, in California, moved across the country, which is something I said I would never do. And, um, <laughs> but I'm, it's, you know, this is a, actually something that I was reminded of in reading uh, one of the sessions that uh, the, the Lord goes with you, you know, like I showed, he, I showed up in California. Can you believe it? He was here also. And, <laughs> uh, and he's, and he's doing, doing a workout here as well. But yeah, so that's, yeah. Lots, a lot's changed uh, since I wrote this, but um, uh, what's not changed is the truth of God's word that we're going to discuss. That's right. Well, Brandon, I, I'll tell you, there was much weeping and gnashing of teeth when you announced <laughs> you were leaving as our director. But at the same time, we know that God has called you uh, to the position you're in. So thank you for the service you did for Chris and I uh, for all those many years, how you helped us in our ministries. But thank you for what you're doing now. I appreciate that very much. Thank you, guys. So we're going to be starting into a, a, a the study, as I mentioned at the, at the intro, we're going to be looking at just a, a certain section of scripture out of the Gospel of John. It was Jesus's last night with his disciples, that, that moment when he established the new covenant, uh, established what we call the Lord's Supper. And uh, but with that, it was a, a night of teaching with his disciples. 
And so what Brandon has done over uh, the, the six weeks of this study, he has walked us through that teaching. So we're going to begin by just jumping into chapter uh, John chapter 13. And here's our focus, that we reflect Christ when we serve others with humility. So how this starts is in John 13, we're going to see how Jesus modeled that humility. Jesus, let me pick up in verse three. Jesus knew that the father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. And next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet and to dry them with a towel tied around him. Yeah. So guys, this is, um, first of all, when, when you guys reached out to me to see if I would be interested in writing, I thought, man, I hope I get something good to write about. <laughs> and then, and then I saw, I got, I said, Oh, I'm going to write about Jesus. Great. Um, but isn't this just, it's, I don't put this in the, in this, the personal study guide, but it's so stunning. Not that Jesus is washing feet because we, that can get so stored in the back of our minds, especially people who have, who have read this passage uh, over and over again since their childhood, like as in my case. But when you remember that Jesus isn't just a dude washing feet and you put this, honestly, when you put it in the context of the book of John, you know, the first chapter of John starts with in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God through him were all things made without him was not anything made that has been made in him was life was this life was the light of men. And then you find out it. I think it's in verse 14 that that is that words, Jesus, the word took on right. flesh and dwelt among us. So that's, that's the Jesus that's washing feet. And it's just, it's, it's staggering. And it is, I mean, outside of the cross, this is one of the more, uh, compelling examples of humility uh, that you'll ever see. And it, it is Brandon too, uh, in many ways lost in our American culture, just how uh, lowly this task was <laughs> to uh, for Jesus, who was God himself, the creator, the sustainer of the entire universe has not just become a man. He, Philippians two reminds us what, what a, the, the great lowly state he came there, but even among the humans, he was doing something that was considered the lowest of the, the task anyone would do. The lowest servant would put, do this. And here was Jesus. What uh, in contemporary society, the world that we live in today, uh, what is, is there anything? I know there's not anything close to what we're talking about here, but who, who or what kind of task would align with this kind of menial servant task of, uh, servanthood where someone is washing feet. Can, can you, can you think of anything? I mean, cleaning bathrooms <laughs> comes to mind. I don't know what it is, but, but it's, yeah, yeah you're right. I, there were some occasions in my life when I think teaching seventh grade boys would fall into that category. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that's a good point, Chris. I, I can't, uh, I can't well, think of anything it, that's, the fact that we struggle to, to, to think of a comp almost speaks to the, the society that we live in and the, the humility is it's something that we, that we all treasure deep down, but it's not something that we celebrate uh, maybe so much in, in our culture. I went qu question to what does a humble person look like um, really kind of hit me. And I don't know if it's because I feel like I just recently saw a quote from Tim Keller 
I might be wrong. I, I think everything is from Tim Keller, but um, <laughs> I, th- I think this is right. Like Mark but, Twain or, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he said, um, you know, when you meet a humble person, you don't walk away thinking, Oh, I just, what a humble person you walk away thinking that person was so kind and interested in me. And, and that's, that's true. And that's what we see from Jesus here in this passage. So he's not saying I'm so humble. He's, he's showing his love and his, his willingness to serve um, even his disciples. There's one thing that's always fascinating about this passage and it's in the first, and it's in verse three, which I'd read where it's, it's, it's kind of setting up before Jesus actually starts washing the feet. It says, Jesus knew everything had been given in his hands. And it says, it says, he knew he had come from God and he knew he was going back to God. In other words, he knew where he had come from. He knew where he was going. And therefore, so he was able to do this humble, humble task. And I thought, well, wow, that is so rich that doing this lowly task wasn't going to change where he came from or where he was going. And I thought, what a good principle for me to keep in mind is with my faith, knowing what Christ has done for me. And my hope, knowing my, my sure hope that I'm going to be with Christ for eternity, with that faith and that hope in place, I can just humbly wash people's feet. I, I can exercise love to other people because it's not going to affect uh, anything else. When I first came to Lifeway, um, one of my primary responsibilities was to promote a product called Jesus on Leadership. And, and the whole focus of Jesus on leadership, Gene Wilkes was the author, and the whole focus was on what does it look like? What does it mean for people to follow the example of Jesus and to, and to be a servant leader? And we don't always put those ideas together in our minds when we hear leadership. We don't think servant first. Uh, Gene did a great job of using pointing to Jesus as an example of this in this passage, um, but uh, making it a, a ideal of leadership that we should strive for, it should be evident in the church. And uh, I've always, I've always believed that and thought that. So it was easy for me uh, to, to align with uh, Gene's teaching in Jesus on leadership, but I, I don't think most people who are listening to this think servant leadership being like Jesus is, is how leaders should lead in the church and in, even in industry um, in, in the world today. And I, I think we miss a great opportunity by not uh, locking into some of the concept, concepts that Jesus models for us in this passage. Good point. Let's move on. Let's look at verse six, uh, John 13, uh, where he's going to have that Jesus has started washing the feet and he has this interaction with, with Simon Peter. Uh, verse six says, he came to Simon Peter who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him. If I don't, you don't realize what I'm doing. You don't realize now, but afterwards you will understand. You will never wash my feet. Peter said. But Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. But Simon Peter said to him, Lord, well, not only my feet, but wash also my hands and my head. One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet. But he is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. 
Here's this picture. Even as he's washing, he reminds them that he forgives and he makes us completely clean. So I think most people who listen to this and most people in our culture will will react to the idea of foot washing in much the same way that Peter did. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? You can't you can't do this. Now, Brandon, you uh, you have a unique perspective on this because you grew up in a free will Baptist tradition that practiced foot washing. So tell us a little bit about that tradition and about that practice. Sure. Yeah. So I came I came to Southern Baptist via free will Baptist. I don't know how many make that transition, Um, (laughs) but uh, when I was a kid, I was I was raised in a church that that practiced this, but it wasn't it wasn't a um, just a preference. It was a conviction. So I don't know. I don't want to it's been 20 plus years since I was in that denomination, but um, they held feet washing uh, as an additional ordinance of the church. So alongside of baptism and the Lord's supper um, uh, uh, feet washing was something that was expected of the church to practice was, was what they believe. And, um, and so we did every, I think if in my, if memory serves, we did communion quarterly and every time we would take communion, we would then split uh, in across the church, uh, men with men, women with women. And uh, hmm. I mean, our church had stacks of basins and towels and it was you prepared for this just like you prepared for communion. And we would go. And and honestly, as a as a kid, I, I put a little of this in the personal study guide. It was it was not a it didn't feel like a legalistic experience as a kid. It was beautiful. Um, we would you know, <laughs> bare our feet and we'd be singing, singing hymns mostly and, uh, and, and wash one another's feet as, as a reminder of the example that Jesus set. So I've not been in a church that does that since I was in middle school. Okay. So Brandon, um, but, uh, I'm yeah. curious because uh, of my own experience with foot washing, did, was it more humbling for you to wash someone's feet or to have someone wash your feet? Even as a kid, um, and I think I, I think I mentioned some. Even as a kid, it was always like, "What this person's gonna?" And you always know, careful which socks you pick for that night and that kind of <laughs> stuff. But this person's gonna do what? And uh, I remember one of the pastoral staff one time I got matched up with them, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, a pastor is about to wash my feet!" How is? And and then you, you know, apply that feeling to infinity, and you have the Son of God washing feet, and it's pretty. It's pretty uh, striking. That was my experience, Brandon. Uh, I've only done it on three occasions, but it was the first night of a mission trip, and I was wanting to prepare our group for we're gonna just we're gonna be servants for this week, and yeah. so uh, I, you know, I was the one who planned it, prepared it, and launched the foot washing. But yeah. it was when I sat down and had someone wash my feet that I, <laughs> yep. that it, it was a completely different experience that I, I a little bit of a Peter here, of course, he's, he's talking to the Messiah uh, yeah. that, you know, you don't want to wash my feet. And it, it's a very humbling experience uh, both ways. But then that, that gets us to what for me was the biggest, I don't know, application point. The biggest thing that hit home for me was, was, you know, Peter reacts that way. And then Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm trying to clean all of you, Peter. Like, like I'm going to, I'm going to, you haven't seen anything yet. Basically like this is the, this is the appetizer of my act of service. And then he humbles himself even further by 
taking our sin on the cross and, and dying on the cross. And when you, when you think about the full scope of the way Jesus displayed his love through humility, um, it makes, it just kind of leaves me the question, like what's at the bottom of my willingness to serve? Is it, you know, I know I'm supposed to, or is it, Oh my goodness, Jesus, Jesus went to the cross for me. If Jesus can go to the cross for me, my heart could be so melted that I can serve in any, I mean, unlimited, unlimited. If, if that really is at the bottom of, of my willingness to serve, it changes even the definition of service for me. Wow. And with that, Jesus in this passage is going to turn the tables and talk about our own service. Um, he says this in verse 14. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. So it's interesting to me when Jesus said, if I, your Lord and master, washed your feet, we almost anticipate him say, you should wash my feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and that's not what he says at all. And I think I think but those of us who are believers would say, well, surely, I, yes, I would wash Jesus feet. That's not what he yeah. says. He says, so you've experienced this. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do this for each other all the time. I want you to serve each other all the time. And it, it, I, I just deeply believe that this is one of those teachings because of, I think because of the culture we live in that we've, we've missed the heart of what yeah. God wants us to be about. And, and if we get this part right in the church, this is a game changer. Yeah. Sure. Chris, I, I actually wrote in making notes for our conversation. I wrote, next to this section like this is this is for you as a group leader like if you're if you're listening and you're a group leader like the jesus had the authority and he was also the one with the towel and that that can be should be how we approach our people that we that i i just so happened tonight is the night that our uh, next uh, life group cycle kicks off and i have my life group coming to my house and I'm like, oh, I want my house to look good. And do I have the right snacks? And uh, man, I, I want to be prepared to facilitate a great discussion. And, and even in this moment, there's a conviction of, but am I, who, who am I doing that for? Um, am I doing that for myself? Or am I, am I going to be ready to serve? Am I going to be ready to serve the needs of the people who are coming, who need joy in Jesus tonight? So, yeah. If I can borrow from something Jesus said, uh, in Matthew 25, where he's talking about the sheep and the goats, where he said, you know, Chris, I'm thinking about this idea that, uh, oh, yeah, I would gladly wash Jesus's feet, but he calls us to wash others. Yet Jesus said, what you've done for the least of these, my brothers, huh. you've done for me. So if I do want to serve Jesus, I need to serve the least of these. Um, now I need to fast forward get my group here while I'm, while I'm still in the, the right heart. <laughs> Come on guys. <laughs> well, at least it's today. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I can just hold on for a few more hours. <laughs> uh, I, I've been blessed uh, in my life to uh, have people in my life, in church life. Uh, when I was in, in, in my growing up years, uh, in my family, even at Lifeway, 
um, to have people who who understood this and lived this and pr actually practiced uh, servant leadership. Um, so I'm a little bit like you, Brandon, from a from almost from a cultural background perspective, where you where you actually experienced foot washing. I actually observed up close and saw uh, people model serving as a part of their leading um, in, in every place where I've been. And um, again, I think I think this is one of the things that we, we often miss in the church. We don't see this example. And um, I think this is a good I'm glad that we're leading with this as we start to talk about being connected to Jesus, that my hope is that this this idea, this mindset of being a servant will um, impact each of the sessions uh, that we yeah. talk about from John uh, chapters 13 through 16 over the next several weeks. Yeah. Guys, appreciate the conversation. Uh, I think we've had a good discussion, just kind of a brief overview of this study. And uh, just thank you who are listening to, for uh, joining us for this podcast. And I trust that you're going to have an equally uh, strong and enriching conversation as you meet with your group, those that, in, you know, whether it's in a house, in a classroom, as you unpack John 13. Brandon, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Now, Brandon, and you'll be back with us in a few weeks. Let's yes. do it again. We're looking we forward will. to it. Okay, man. Good deal. And so Thanks, we look guys. forward to seeing all y'all next week. Thank you for joining us.